Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sparking 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 41, uh, and it's going to be a small panel, but a good panel nonetheless, if I do say so myself. It's me, obviously, Danny, and I'm also joined by Chris. Chris, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, looking forward to it. Let's get after it. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we were supposed to have a bit more people, but a few things fell through. And then obviously, uh, or not obviously, but our boy Steph is uh, somewhere having too much fun with his wife in Las Vegas in Sin City. So we wish him all the best. Uh, so shout out to you, Steph. And uh, before we get on this podcast on their way, uh, I just want to say um, our thoughts and prayers to uh, the family of former Spartan player Luis Paez. I hope I pronounced that right, who um, uh, played um, about five games with us back in 2007, 2008, but who tragically died in, in, um, in a car accident in, in his native Paraguay. Um, so our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family and, uh, you know, rest in peace, Leon. Um, now, on to better, on to, uh, a bit more happier news. Uh, Spartan beat Riwav 3-0 uh, over the weekend. Uh, starting 11 was as followed. Renan Ribeiro in net. Uh, Christian Borja, left back, Mathieu Kwatch and center back, Ristovski at right back, uh, with Wendel, Gudeli, and uh, Bruno Fernandes in the midfield, and then Marc Chacuinha, Luis Philippe, and Diaby up front. Uh, Chris, uh, what did you think of the game, bro? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was the it was a it was a performance that um, we haven't really seen from Sporting uh, in a while. Um, it was very not stressful on the viewer. Um, it was very easy on the eye. Um, it, 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 at no point in the game did it ever seem like it was in doubt at all. Um, we controlled the game. We controlled the tempo. Um, I mean, we, did, we weren't creating an abundance of chances, but even in the first half, it just felt like we were just going to you know, walk through them. Um, obviously, Rewav isn't as strong this season as they've been uh, in past seasons. Uh, we were playing at home. But I definitely feel like this was the most comfortable win uh, that we've had um, in a long time. So it was, it was good, good to watch um, this type of football. And although Bruno Fernandes did come alive a bit more after, I would say probably like the thirtieth minute, and probably put in another man of the match effort in that span of time, um, it didn't even feel like he was having that great of a game at first. So it was refreshing to see. Um, us, our team coming together and playing uh, that counterattack on that first goal uh, was absolutely lethal. Started with Luis Philippe, ended with Luis Philippe. Um, you know, great finish, great run. Uh, I mean, you'll never see that from Bastos, just not the player that he is. Um, so it's good to see Philippe playing well. Um, we might have a, a striker controversy on our hands once uh, once Bastos gets fit again. Um, and yeah, it was just very, very relaxing, and uh, I'm glad that we were able to get back to this football. It felt like a, uh, a late December Kaiser game. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And uh, man, like you said, uh, Luis Felipe, you know, he started off the play, gave it to Wendell. Wendell passed it back to him. That's three, three goals in three games since uh, since international break. Uh, so, Chris. Uh, is he, is he convincing us yet? Is is it or is it too soon to really tell? Um, 
he's definitely convincing me a little bit, bit by bit, that he has a place in this team. Because, um, you know, at first I wasn't even sure if he was ever going to be a player that really stuck around at Sporting or if he, he was going to get loaned out um, to Vitória de Stubel next season and then after that maybe get loaned out to Pash Freda. Um, so I wasn't sure if he would actually be a player that we even had on our roster um, or just one of these lone players uh, uh, Voyager type players um, but yeah he's convincing me bit by bit um, maybe he's not quite the starter that we have but he's proving to be um, you know an effective option and I definitely think that he deserves a place um, in the in the first team for next season yeah and I agree with you it's, it's like you mentioned earlier he, he's not he's not Baz Doss uh, type of player like we like you said uh, the goal he, he made over the weekend um, isn't something Bazdas would have done. I don't think Bazdas would have the pace to uh, blow by his defender like that. Um, whether his defender has a ton of pace or not, you know what I mean? It's not even that Luis Philippe has a ton of pace or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, you know, like you said, a different sort of style of, of, of striker, which is good. I think um, Spartan needs more variety. And uh, I think, I th- like you said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced by him as, a, as a, maybe a starter, not as of yet at least. But uh, definitely has a role to play, whether that's off the bench, whether that's rotation, um, like now with Baz Dost out, um, whether that's, you know, Baz Dost under bad form and, and Luis Philippe can fit the system maybe even a bit better. Um, I'm with you on that. I think I think uh, he, he's starting to, to come around at least. And even his finish, it was pretty good. Like he still had to open himself up. He still had a lot to do. So, um, yeah, credit to Luis Philippe. Um, next other, I, I don't know if it's really a controversial play, um, though there was... Um, some arguments on this that on, on about this that I seen on Twitter um, was the the penalty decision. Uh, another penalty for Sporting. I think that's our twelfth this season, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, what did you think? What did you make of the penalty? There, there, there's some arguments that you know Luis Felipe had already headed the ball before the contact uh, and completely missed. But um, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the argument that exists for it being a PK is that. He, they're both going for the ball. He beats him to the ball, and uh, the guy cleans him out. I mean, if you are uh, dribbling in the box and the defender goes for the ball, you touch the ball past him, and he takes you out. I mean, it, yeah. it's a PK. If you're rounding the keeper and the keeper's going for the ball and uh, you touch it past him and he takes your legs out, it, it's a PK. You know, they're both going for the header. Philippe gets there first. Um, it, it, I mean, he puts his header off target, but it doesn't matter. Um, to me, uh, to me, it's a uh, it's a PK. Um, I mean, it's un- unlucky for for the defender. Um, uh, he was just you know trying to win the ball, going up for for a header that was up for grabs. Um, but he he gets there late and really uh, really takes out Luis Philippe and uh, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, you know, slotted home. Yeah, cool and calm again. Uh, I sort of noticed that, like, sort of the technique on how he uh, on how he shoots, like the these penalties, kind of reminds me of Baz Dost when when he he does that little hop, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if it was Bruno teaching Baz Dost, if it was Dost teaching. It was Jesus. Remember Jesus? Jesus, exactly. Jesus yeah. taught Jesus taught Baz Dost. That's what he always said. So I guess Baz Dost taught uh, Bruno Fernandes. Bruno. So yeah. uh, that means that indirectly, Jesus taught Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> yeah, for real. Or you can say, you know. 
Jesus, Jesus working another miracle. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, mad unlucky, but I think the defender should, should be more aware. I mean, he's kind of jumping in there recklessly. Um, I mean, the header was already won by Luis Philippe. I think he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have done that. And yeah, I agree. A clear penalty. Um, like you said, um, back on the Brunflens goal, he ties Frank Lampard's uh, record of 27 goals for a midfielder in a season. Um, an incredible feat as it is. Um, I think we still have another seven games to go. So I think it's, it's, the way, especially his form now, safe to say Brun Fernandes is going to pass that. Um, is it going to come this weekend against Avja away? We always do struggle away. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I definitely think that there is um, a good chance that he's going to score. If he plays, yep. there's a good chance he's going to score. Uh, so it's, it's tough to bet against him. Um, you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to finish at over 30 goals to be honest. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, so I think the interesting thing to see is because Bez, or Bruno Fernandes has, um, he's involved in 42 goals this season. So whatever, 42 minus 27 to his 15 assists as well. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how many assists, Frank Lampard had during his 27 goal season. Um, Because that's worth, definitely worth taking a look at as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely think he's going to smash the record. Um, And uh, I mean, Lampard, uh, he wasn't my favorite player, but he's undoubtedly, uh, you know, a great midfielder. So it's it's good company to to have up there. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's obviously that... um that argument that, you know, Bruno Fernandes is doing it in a, in a quote unquote tin pot league, you know, whereas Lampard did it at the best of the best. But I mean, it's safe to say it's only a matter of time before Bruno Fernandes moves on to either England or wherever, he, you know, a top league in Europe and, and really proves his worth. Um, but finally, I mean, the, really the last talking point of the game, there's a, for, 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 I mean, a good, a good um, game on our part that literally there's barely anything to talk about. Um, but uh, another a, a gloss from Wendell, um, as the kids say, it was Wendell. Update on that uh, point that I just made. Yeah, um, Frank Lampard had uh, twenty-seven goals and eighteen assists. Um, so involved in uh, twenty-seven plus eighteen. Sorry, I can't do that in my head. Forty-five. <laughs> Forty-five. And uh, Bruno so was what? Forty. Forty-two. Forty-two. So he's. Tied in goals, and he's three off the assist pace. The assists, yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely think that he has a chance to smash that record, really. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of games left, too. Yeah. For sure. Um, anyways, back to the, to the Wendell goal. Um, yeah, yeah, take me to that goal. What did you think? Another okay. assist from Bruno Fernandes, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, it was um, it was a great goal by Wendell. Um, he he hit one of those. Um, I believe it was in the Tasa of the Liga game uh, against Fadeans. Um, so we know that he has that cracker in him. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that he was able to score his first goal um, in the league for us um, this season. Uh, I think he has three in all comps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a great hit. Um, great find. Bruno Fernandes played it through like three, three people there, cut it back. Uh, Wendell takes a great first touch. 
and um, he, he buries it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about it. It's a great hit. Uh, I mean, we've been linked to this keeper um, in the past, Leo Jardim. Um, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, I'm not going to say it's his fault or anything, but I mean, he didn't, he didn't impress me by any means. No. He, he picked the ball out of the net more than he, more than he saved it. Um, Renan Rivero had more saves than him. <laughs> no, he had two shaky saves. Yeah. yeah. There was one in the second half where I kind of slipped uh, under him. Oh my God. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, at least uh, at least Renan Rivera was like getting a hand on stuff. Yeah, um, had a couple nice saves. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, if we if we go out and spend three mil or whatever on on this keeper, that's stupid and yeah. unnecessary. Oh yeah, yeah, I agreed. I mean, he's had a good season too. Like to be fair to the kid, but um, as of late, especially uh, with Riwav really not doing that well, um, he's sort of been. Uh, been uh, not 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 looking good either, but yeah, we we definitely, especially with Luis Max in, in in the youth team doing well. Um, there's no reason, I, and our our financial difficulties as it as it is, there's no reason we should be wasting three mil on this guy. No, um, yeah. So, anyways, it, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say just it it, it it's worth investing uh, in a keeper because I think that this is probably Salon's last season. Yeah. Um. So that that leaves you with Max and. Uh, run on in the first team and so you're going to need to replace uh um you know uh replenish the stock of youth goalkeepers i know there's that other keeper joke souls i think yeah yeah he's been in the squad a couple times never played um but i mean if you want to go out and buy you know an 18 year old keeper from from somewhere um and kind of start uh you know grooming him to be the next the next backup or the next maybe um, a future starter. I definitely think that. I mean, it's definitely worth investing. It's not like we have it uh, an overstock of, of goalkeepers, but I mean, I mean that guy wouldn't be coming here to be the U twenty three goalie, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it's it's necessary. Yeah. Same. Um, and then last question. I mean, he sort of addressed it after the game, um, where he had to, he was for Kaiser was forced to make uh, three subs, two of them especially that none of us really liked. Um, though I kind of understood it at the time, even before he announced the, the injuries. Um, but what did you make of, uh, I mean, Bruno Gaspar for Marcos Acuña, um, Jeremy Mathieu for, for André Pinto, of course, you know, tired legs, injury. Uh, but could he have maybe forced a, um, a, a, a Gerald in there, maybe, you know, kept Acuña for a bit or maybe dropped somebody else? Uh, what did you think of the substitutions? Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with Matthew in particular is he, if he plays several games in a row, he's always going to be at risk exactly. for this type of thing. He and uh, Quintron, um both both reminded me of this. Quintron, when he was with us, you know, every time they're like stretching their leg to try to get to a ball or they're sliding to clear the ball or they're they're making a, a challenge where they're kind of straining themselves you know i'm holding my breath because yeah. I, I think that they're going to get injured i think that quintron and matthew's hamstrings are both made out of like rubber bands um <laughs> and they're just waiting waiting to snap um you know it's yeah. like i want to see them out there it's like quintron we want to see him out there matthew want to see him out there but i know that they're so prone to these muscular injuries it's and it's it's almost a matter of 
when it's going to happen next, not if it's going to happen. So hopefully um, it seems like Matthews is more preventative. Um, so hopefully um, he'll be able to recover, um, you know, without missing any time. And hopefully, I mean, maybe if he stayed the full 90, it, that wouldn't have happened or he, he felt it starting to go. So he has to come out. Um, Acuna, I just think it, he was gassed. Um, yeah. he's been running through brick walls for like a month straight. Um, it was only a matter of time and maybe he deserved, uh, a rest. Um, anyways. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate because I would have liked to see, um, Shiku. I would have liked to see Pedro Marks. Like I was hoping like this was the type of game where we, we would have had an op- more of an opportunity than other games to kind of see these players, um, in action. And I mean, fuck it. I mean, I'd love to see Pedro Marks running against, tired and dejected Rewav defenders up three nothing. I mean it's the perfect mm-hmm. time. Um so it's just kind of unfortunate that uh that those subs had to be used. And honestly I thought Borja really could have done some serious damage to his leg or his knee. Same. Um yeah. it looked like he hyperextended his knee. So I don't I don't even understand why he finished the first half if he was hurt. Um it's kind of reckless. Um because he was out um yeah. for for a good like five minutes on the yeah. sideline and then he, he got stretched off too yeah and then he came back in for like uh like five minutes uh, or like eight minutes to finish the second half and then he, he went out at halftime it's like what why is he even going back in there if he potentially hyperextended his knee mm-hmm. um so i mean hopefully serious injury was avoided with that because it looked pretty bad um but i think if there was some sort of ligament damage or anything like that we would have we would have heard about it by now so i'm hoping exactly. that that he's all right I think I think his uh, his uh, little niggle. Hopefully, it's just a little niggle. But his injury, I think, is what really affected uh, Sheik Jadals from coming in. Because I think I think if 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 he doesn't get injured, Kaiser does the same two substitutions. He gets rid of Marcus Acuna, and he gets rid maybe for Jovan this time, and then he'll also get rid of Mathieu. Because I understood though, even during the game. I mean, I wanted to see Jadals. Don't get me wrong, but I understood those. You know, like you said, Acuna has been running through a big brick wall for months now. Um, I think he he. He hasn't stopped playing since uh, those the, the rumors of him going to Zenit sort of disappeared. Um, and then Mathieu, I mean, one, he's coming back from injury, and two, of course, like we said, he's 35 years old, so um, you also got to take care of him too. Like, uh, So I understood the subs as, as, as disappointing as it was to, to not say Shiku, but um, hopefully – I also seen another comment on Twitter, so I'm going to kind of steal that uh, point, was that, uh, you know, Wendell also had to, you know, wait a solid year and a half before really – coming into his own and, and, and making the starting 11. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, in a personal level, she's sort of taking it on the chin and remaining patient. And hopefully um, if, I mean, the season, had, you know, we only have so many more games left, but if not this season, next season, he can really start coming into his own and we can really start seeing more of him because he looked super interesting. And Ardi Wav especially, like he looked like the player we needed. Um, so, yeah, um, disappointing there, but I, I sort of got it as well. You know what um, the, the counterpoint to that argument is? What's up? Ryan Gold is the counterpoint yeah. to that argument. Similar no, today, today he has a goal. He got a golden assist. Um, for the Herbernian Reserves, he did. Oh, yeah, for the Reserves. I thought it was for the senior team. Never mind. No, I, I thought it was too at first, and then I looked into it more. It was for the Reserve team. He came off uh, at half, so slight work for Ryan. Yeah. 45 minutes, goal and an assist. Uh, drew two two against Rangers. Um, uh, he is in his defense, though he is he is coming back from injury. That's why he's with the reserve. Yeah, he's, not, he's been plagued with injury too. To be yeah, fair, yeah, 
So like, every yeah, time I, he was having a breakout season at uh, Stuball too, and then even at Avj, uh, he'd have one good game, two good games, and then boom, injured for like two, three months. So yeah, he really got sucks. fucked. He really got fucked during yeah. that falling out uh, with Stubal, and then they recalled him from loan. Yeah. Um, when he actually was starting to play a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just been inconsistent. Uh, I mean, but I mean, massive potential um, attacking mid like Chiku. I just hope that. Um, you know, I mean, there, I mean, I love him, but there is a reasonable chance that he's just never, he's never going to make it at Sporting, and, you know, he'll be a great option for, you know, a mid table Portuguese league team. Um, and at some point we have to kind of decide like unselfishly, you know, what's best for his career. Cause I mean, he's not getting yeah. any younger. So I mean I think that next season is definitely going to be a a pivotal season for him. I mean next preseason really because if he yeah. doesn't have a good preseason he's he's out on loan again. So um yeah I mean I'm I'm pulling for him. I like him. I, I like what he plays. Uh you know we're going to have a hold to fill at attacking mid. So I mean even even Gold will be back in the mix theoretically. Yeah. Um, coming back from loan, so I, I mean, I, 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 these guys are YouTube superstars in my eyes, and I, I like <laughs> to see them put it, put it on the field for Sporting. Yeah, agreed. I, and it's not even only Gold. We also have uh, Rafael Barbosa who's doing really good at Pasfereira too. So, True. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of players so in that position. So yeah, you're you're right on that. Um. Anyways, uh, actually, quickly back to Mathieu. Um. I mean, I'm so, I'm sort of going all over the place, but fuck it. Um, if so, rumors are if we can maintain him for next season, or, or we're looking to maintain him for next season, uh, but we're also looking to to lower his wage. Um, one, if if we don't lower his wage, do you think we should still keep him? And even if that does come through, if we get a three to five million uh, euro deal um, for a thirty five year old, should we take it? Um. Yeah, um, I think that there might have been some misreporting on that uh, initially, at least. So I think that that 3.5 mil uh, is his salary. So Sporting would be saving or shaving 3.5 mil if he were to go, Um, which in my eyes would essentially be the Montero Nani departure which is just terminate the contract he goes back home um so yeah i mean that is probably what would happen in the event that he leaves i wouldn't expect to see any uh any uh transfer revenue from that um you know i think that uh i mean it is worth noting that he does have another year uh on his contract Mm-hmm. So theoretically, Sporting could do nothing um, and still maintain him if they were just willing to to continue his, his salary. Um, and then it's obviously then the debate becomes: if you're paying a 35 year old center back as one of your higher paid players on the team, and he's constantly hurt, is he worth it? Then, I mean, obviously he's a great player. He's a great center back. Um, he's one of our better defenders. You notice that we are definitely better and more secure when he's on the field exactly but it's the value proposition of is him potentially missing like a third of the season best case scenario um worth it 
Um, so, and I, it's definitely a real, real conundrum. Um, and what do you think? Man, it, it's like you said, it's, t it's really tough. I mean, to me, I think a, apart from Bruno Fernandes, Matthews our most important player. Um, that little stretch of bad form that we had, uh, it's no coincidence that it sort of got repaired with, with Matthew coming back into the side. Um, and that we looked a lot worse with Matthew out. Um, so, I mean, like you said, he does have an extra year in his salary. So if we can't drop it, I, I say we maintain it. I mean, it, it's worth the risk because you can really say that about anything. We, anybody, I mean, we can, we can say, we'll try to keep Bruno Fernandes. We'll, we'll sign him on to a, to a higher deal or whatever to keep him for one more season. Uh, but then if he blows his ACL, I mean, yeah. you know, all that money for nothing, you know? So, yeah. so injury always plays a risk, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But of course, you know, with Matthew being 35, obviously the odds are are a bit higher, or a bit stacked against them. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if if we can't if he can't lower his wage, I think we should still keep him. But uh, if if like the the rumors earlier on in, in January uh, with Monaco being interested more or less for three, four, five million coming in, especially to like towards the you know four or five million mark for a 35 year old, I I mean I'd take it, but it's just it, it's then scary to see what what we might be spending that money on because uh, if it's for another another Elotti, then we might as well just keep them you know yeah well um, you know you know what i think it's gonna come down to i think it's gonna come down to his decision um yeah it's gonna be up to him if he wants to go home to france to to be like a player manager for yeah. for for nance or whatever club it was or Sasho or whatever yeah. whichever one it was um i mean they're not gonna. They're not clearly. They've show. They've set the precedent that if you want to do that, that they'll let you. Um, mm. And in the meantime, they're obviously down to save the salary since they're shaving money everywhere. Um, <laughs> so obviously, uh, I mean, I, I hope that I hope that he wants to come back. I mean, he he hasn't been champion with us. Um, he's won a couple titles, obviously, um, but he hasn't won the big boy. And uh, I mean, uh, he can go and coach. After that, I mean, this is this is probably his last professional contract. Uh, maybe he'll sign a one-year deal with that French team and then kind of kick back and relax, yeah. um, be more of a mentor than a player. Uh, but I mean, uh, I, I hope that he, I hope he decides to stay on, and uh, I hope that I mean he looks at the project as you know worth his worth his time and his rubber band thighs time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's also. Um... I don't know if it's rumors or whatever. I, I've seen something on RTP saying that um, he's he's also looking to sort of be, I don't know if it's the board of directors or he's trying to play some sort of role into Sporting after like his playing career. So I think they were also taking that into account too on, on his the restructuring of his contract. So, I mean, if he's trying to coach, I mean, the under 20, I mean, I like the under 23 coach, but I mean, Fuck that guy, but let's make yeah. Matthew happy. You know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. No, uh, there's there's a spot for him to stay on if he wants yeah. to stay on. I mean, uh, I think like Louis Zo and Benfica is a great example. Like if yeah, you true. if you if you want a spot here, there's a spot here. It's up to you. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point. Um. All right, and back towards the game. Just for two more questions. One, do you think that's our our best performance under Kaiser? Uh, uh I don't necessarily think it's the best performance yeah. under Kaiser I maybe that uh absolute demolition in the Europa League might be um Agreed. there was also a couple other um good games uh 
in the beginning. I mean, I thought that that Benfica game was, was pretty good. Was well played by exactly. Kaido, especially. Uh, yeah. it, it, I mean, it showed that he adapted. He learned from his mistakes the first couple goes around. I mean, he had to take an ass whooping uh, to to kind of learn. But I mean, he 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 approached that game tactically the exact way that he should have. So I mean, as far as like a complete performance, we're dominating a team that we should be dominating. We're at home. We played them off the pitch. Um, I mean, it's a short week too. I mean, we played a game in midweek, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the best, like, most complete performance that he's had uh, in a while, for sure. I'll yeah, say that. yeah, exactly. I mean, a clean sheet, which which is rare enough, you know, no matter how good we perform. Um, so yeah, it's definitely yeah, like you said, one of the best, not not the best. I'd agree, but one of, and. Um, Last but not least, that's six straight wins. Kaiser's best back in, um, I think, November, d- December-ish was seven straight wins. So we're, we're coming close to that. Is it too soon to say Kaiser Ball is back? Or uh, should we should we hold off, like, uh, you know, to, to learn from our mistakes last time? I think that saying that Kaiser Ball even existed in the first <laughs> place was probably premature. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> because it fell off a, qu- a cliff uh, quickly, um, kind of after we started uh, prematurely celebrating that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, he- he's definitely, I mean, his numbers are kind of evening out. Um, he had that one rough month where we dropped like eight points or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of killed our title pursuit. Um and uh, we were eliminated from the Europa League shittily uh, against a trash team. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's looking, his, like, on paper, if you just took the average, like, games played, wins, uh, won a cup in the final of another one. I mean, it's looking a lot like just a pretty good season like in a vacuum you know obviously it's frustrating and when you consider that the losses really weren't evenly dispersed it was like good bad good there wasn't like an average there um it's kind of frustrating but if you were to just like look at the season at the end of the year like games played wins like goals scored whatever it's it's looking like it's hard to argue that it's a bad season from him you know especially considering the team that he took over in the position uh, that he took over. Not, not necessarily classification-wise, because obviously we were right up there yeah. with Pizzetto just scrapping horrible wins. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you, I mean, it's not, we know what would have happened if Pizzetto stayed on. They would not have stayed there. They would have crashed off as well. Um, that wasn't sustainable. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he definitely is just – I mean, I think he's he's on for next season for sure. Yeah. Um, and just good results to, to close out the year is is just, you know, um, just kind of adding to, to his resume at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I've already seen, like, murmurs of uh, people saying if Kaiser doesn't win the Tasa Portugal, he's out of here. I'm not buying any of that. I think, uh, one, not only from, like, from the way he speaks, uh, you know, from, from his interview on Sporting TV, and even when Verandas mentions them every now and again, it, it seems like, you know, they're considering next season already. Like they're, they're sort of scrapping the season for him and, you know, giving him w- w- proper, and, which is good, you know, properly giving him the, the right assurance of, listen, you're here for next season, you know, go about it as you will. So, I, and I'm going to agree with you. He, he's, he's been doing good. 
Um, for, for a guy that's come in, t- took over a team that wasn't his, like you said, it wouldn't be sustainable. Um, even though we were up there and we tied 1-1 against Befica, I mean, you compare that first performance against Befica uh, to any three, and I know we lost two of them and one of them was horrific, but you compare them to any three and the performance was a lot better um, in terms of us like trying to play eye-to-eye with them because with Pazedu, we, we scored a penalty and b- before that, nothing really happened. After that, nothing really happened. We just sat deep. Um, so, I, I, you know, I got to, I gotta, you know, credit him for the initiative um, for, for trying to, you know, you know, like I said, play eye to eye with Benfica. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think, uh, like you said, maybe it is too, uh, too ridiculous to say Kaiser Ball ever existed, but uh, <laughs> I definitely think, you know, we're finally hitting that good form and, and, and Kaiser's definitely um, learned from his mistakes or, or, you know, sort of, you, you can see how he's adapting the, to, to Portuguese football as it is, because we're not heavy, like, let's go all out and attack um, like, like we were when he first came, we're now holding possession better. Um, you know, not going cr- gun hole crazy, but you know, we're staying a bit more deeper. Um, so, you know, credit to Kaiser and, and I hope, uh, next, or I hope we can continue this form and, and talk shit and do the hashtag Kaiser ball and have that fucking picture of, <laughs> of his face on, on, uh, um, on like the Jesus Christ body sort of come back <laughs> to fruition. Cause that's, sh- that shit was funny. I'm not going to lie. November, December was a funny month <laughs> uh, for that. But anyways, um, last, well, sort of, we, we, we got three points ahead of, of uh, Braga this weekend with their loss to Mureles. Um Six games left remaining in the season. I'm going to go through Spartan's remaining fixtures and then Braga's remaining fixtures. I'm going to ask you if, um, if it's safe to say, um, Spartan's nailed on for third. Um, so first with Spartan, um, we're going away to Abj uh, on Saturday. And then we're also another away game to Nacional uh, the following week. And then we receive uh, Guimarães at home, which will be a tough game. And then we go away to, to Bilanis Sad. Um, and then we receive Tondel at home, who got massive three points today, has to be mentioned, on their survival race. And last game of the season, we face Porto away. Um, and Braga will face Tondela at home this weekend. They'll go away to Fedens, and then they'll face Benfica at home, uh, go away to Maritimo, go away to Boavista, and then get Portimonense at the uh, end of the season. So, I mean, if you compare the two, I think it's safe to say Spartan has the toughest fixtures. Um, but Chris, what do you think? Third place basically nailed on? or Yeah, I, I do think that it's relatively safe obviously we still have to play the games but the thing is Braga not only has to equal us but they have to pass us yeah um, because we have the tiebreaker on them and we are now uh we're now three three points clear of them and we also have the goal difference ahead of them as well yeah yeah so i mean if we both finish with the same points we would we'd, yeah. we'd be ahead of them yeah yeah um so i mean let's say you factor in we lose to porto they're obviously they already lost to Benfica. The game didn't happen yet. They already lost. Um, so I mean, Agreed. other than other than that, I mean, let's just say we tie game at Ange then, uh, and then uh, I mean the rest of the games I think are pretty manageable. I mean, same for them, but at the same time, their season pretty much just crashed and burned in the span of like a week. Um, knocked out of the cup, um, lost to Porto, 
lost to Mordet End. So that's that's three straight losses that effectively end their league charge, possibly take them out of third and eliminate them from the cup. Um, so that's a tough a tough week. Um, uh, it might be the end of Abel um, as their coach. Um, yeah. Uh, so I mean, they they at the same time they don't really have uh, you know crazy motivation. Uh, I mean, it's not like we 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 do in the league more than they do, but I think that it's a tough week to bounce back from all at once. Um, uh, and uh, I do think that we definitely we have the upper hand now. We've made six points up on them in two games, um, and we really should be uh, finishing third. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I mean, are, are you of the uh, few that, I mean, still believe if it's mathematically possible, uh, we shouldn't give up the dream? Or, or do you think eight points, it's a little too much to ask? What do you think? The thing for me about the eight points is that it's eight points for two teams. So yeah. they both have to completely tank. So um, I do think that it's definitely possible, maybe in a in a best case scenario, for us to catch one of them. Um, and you know, let's just say we are within three points of Porto in that last game. If if we're within three points of Porto in that last game, Benfica are champions. So. Yeah. That could end up being a massive game. I mean, it could end up being a massive game regardless. And it's, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like, we could determine the title race if they're still tied. Like, do yeah. we owe it to Benfica to beat Porto to make Benfica champions? We shouldn't even field a team for that game. We should, we should, we should just Rest. put the reserves out there. I agree. Um, uh, and assuming that uh, we're at least three points ahead of Braga as well, because theoretically if we lost and they tied us, we would still keep third. Um, so, I mean, I can't say that I feel good about potentially handing the league to Benfica <laughs> for us to gain nothing from it, you know, but yeah. if, if Porto is right there, they've fallen off or whatever, um, or in vice versa, if, if Benfica's fallen off and Porto is, is all clear, and then maybe they're just kind of dicking around with their, their hair painted blue because they're already champions, and then we can beat them and potentially pass Benfica. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we could be ma major players down the stretch. Um, and uh, in the event that they're still tied, uh, <laughs> it, I can't say that I have any love for either team, but I, I would say that I probably hate Benfica more. Um, don't like Porto, don't like Braga. Um, but, uh, in the event that they're tied, man, imagine we beat Porto and, and just give the title to Mefica. That's, that's, that's a scenario I don't want to be involved with. <laughs> Hopefully we're settled by then. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, the only saving grace is that Mefica's ahead anyways right now on goal difference. So true, true. But yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it would, it would, it would really fucking suck. <laughs> Um, but I also agree that regard if we're if we're clear three points, I, I find it really difficult to believe that Benfica or Porto in the last six games are going to drop eight points. You know, so yeah. I think, I think uh, so long as we have third settled, um, I think we then fuck around and just you know we put Jefferson at left back, <laughs> we put Bruno Gaspar at right back, we put Pinto and, and Ilori in the middle, 
and we fucking pray we don't get slapped. You know what I mean? Like if there's, especially if Porto's still fighting for first, like like we were um, back in 1516 when we faced Braga, uh, that last game of the season. You know, yeah. we 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 you know we smacked him around, but yeah, exactly. So I mean, if, if it happens to us, fuck it, man. So if 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 we lose four nothing, but then win in Jamor, I'll take it. Um, so, but anyways, yeah. Um, I, I think I, even though it's still mathematically possible, I, I don't see that happening. You know, 18 points is still left to play. There's, there's no way they're going to lose eight of that, especially if once what, what we've seen this weekend with, uh, uh, an incredible offside goal that I've never seen before in my life. But anyways, um, I digress. Uh, next question, really just some transfer rumors. Um, we're, we're, we've been linked with Slimani for, I, I feel like, the last year and a half, two years. And um, I was talking to my buddy, a Porto fan nonetheless, but uh, he was sort of telling me maybe we should give up on, on the Slimani dream. His form from the last few years hasn't been great. Um, you know, Leicester City, he hit the ground running, but then, you know, slowly but surely, once uh, once their manager left, Claude Puel wasn't really interested in, in Slimani that much. And then he went to Newcastle, was injured, but didn't do much. And now at Fenerbahce, 25 goals or 25 games, five goals. Um, and Fenerbahce not doing the greatest in the league, it has to be said. But nonetheless, he isn't scoring the goals. One, I mean, more than just nostalgia, would you take Slimani back seeing these figures? And two, should should we give up on this on this dream of having Slimani back? Um, it's uh. It's mostly, yeah, I mean, it's mostly just the question of, is he good anymore? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I mean, theoretically, I would love to have him back. Um, and, I mean, if you look at his seasons since he left uh, at the end of 17, he hasn't done anything. Um, yeah. And we made $25 million off of him, so... Um, definitely a great, I mean, that's, that's all time business purchased for like, uh, 800 K sold for yeah. 25 mil. I mean, that's, it's phenomenal business, especially. I think, for, I think the only, sorry, the only deal better than that was Ruben submitted for 15, seeing as yeah, he's a gunman, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that's really the question is, is Slomani even good anymore? Um, yeah. it's understandable why he wants to come back. Um, he wants to go back and play for pretty much the only team over the course of his career where he's had consistent form. Yeah. Um, he is 30 years old now. Um, he has had three bad seasons in a row. Uh, and, um, I mean, I, I'll take him back. Um, obviously, if the loan fee isn't anything ridiculous, like I'm not paying like 1.5 mil for a loan for him, you know. Um, so obviously it has to be a team-friendly deal. Um, but he seems like he's trying to kind of force his way back. Um, obviously, Lester doesn't want to just um, just you know pawn him off for nothing. I mean, he's I'm pretty sure he's still their record transfer, which is so. fucking amazing. Considering those English teams are literally printing money uh, in the basement of their stadiums, he so they don't want to just let their record transfer just just walk. Um, you know, especially if he has something to give. So I think that Leicester should view this as an opportunity to potentially get their their, their striker, um, you know, if he goes to sporting and has a good season, then maybe you can salvage something yeah. from him. Um, but, I mean, if you're just going to turn around and loan him out to fucking 
Cardiff City, I mean, you might as well just loan him to Sporting, you know, because um, yeah. he knows he knows where he's going. He's familiar with the with the with the team. Um, you know, he's familiar with the league. Um, so there's no there's no point in doing that. Um, if you're going to loan him anyways, you might as well loan him where he's asking to go, where he, he's had form in the past. So, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously open to it. We need uh, attacking reinforcements this summer, um, especially not guaranteed, but likely that Bastos uh, will be moving on. So that literally leaves us with one striker on the roster under contract. Um, so we're going to obviously had to add to the position. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him. I mean, maybe maybe he's not the, the 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 starting eleven talisman that he once was, but I mean, if you have Slavani, you know, coming off the bench, uh, I mean, I think you can probably do worse than that. So, um, you know, and you don't owe him anything. You know, he's on loan. Um, so yeah, I mean, you you really don't have much to lose unless the unless the loan fee isn't uh, team friendly. But uh, I mean, it's in Lester's best interest to try to get him to have some consistent form. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, even reputation alone might put some fears and fear in, uh, in, uh, some of the teams that he'll come up against. I mean, I'm pretty sure Porto fans will still shit themselves. Uh, <laughs> if he comes back, whether he's, you know, good form or bad, but, um, uh, I mean, interesting that you said um, about, uh, Baz Dost. Do you, you really think he's going this, 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 uh, summer or what? Yeah, I do. Um, I hope that he gets back in the team and has at least one or two good performances before the year is over. Yeah. Um, more so of just an audition for other teams because his form this season isn't exactly going to have people lining up trying to outbid each other, you know? Yeah. Um, he obviously has a great goal scoring record. Uh, He's Sporting's most expensive transfer of all time. Um, and there's definitely space there to turn a profit. Um, but, I mean, he is 29. He is having the worst season he's had in a few years. Um, and he's been very, very poor the last, like, three months. So, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely hurts his value. So that's why I think it'd be important to, to see him back in the team and you know, maybe score one or two goals before the season's out, just kind of to remind people that, you know, this guy can still play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's tough. I think if, if he goes lights out, cause he started the season off pretty well when he came back from injury, he, he was scoring, you know, consistently. Yeah. yeah he did. Like I mean, he's so, still like in the top five scorers in the league and he's played yeah. like half the game. So exactly. He's been, he, he's been out for a long time. So for him to even be on the, I don't know if he's third now or fourth or, but regardless, somewhere near the podium um, of top goal scorers of the league, uh, it's still impressive uh, seeing, especially how many months he's been out for. Um, but yeah, the thing is with me, I think unless he uh, unless he really sh- comes back and, and starts scoring and starts shining again, I don't I don't see him leaving because uh, I think we'll we'll definitely want to have to to turn a profit. You know, um, if we're gonna sell our, our our uh, most expensive transfer. I think we have to sell him for more than ten, um, and it's going to be tough seeing that he's he's like you said he's twenty nine. He's getting up there in age, um, so I mean, we might cut our losses with them. I don't see it, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, last, but or actually not last, but um, Bruno Fernandes for seventy million. Um, good deal, bad deal. What do you think? 
to potentially um, to Manchester United, by the way. Manu, Juventus, and I think Liverpool interested in him. I could be wrong with Liverpool, but I know United and, and Juventus for sure. Uh, so yeah, 70 mil, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if we end up getting 70 mil for him, I think that that is a good deal. Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't get 70 mil by asking for 70 mil. You get 70 mil by asking 85 yeah. and then yeah. getting 70. So if you say 70, you end up getting 55. Um, yeah. So hopefully negotiations are done smartly. Um, but, I mean, that would by far make him the largest transfer in Portuguese league history. Um, he's having a record-breaking season. Um, if at the end of the day he leaves for, for 70 mil, um, I don't um, – you're not going to hear any complaints from me uh, oh, yeah, about either. that. Yeah. Do, and realistically, do you see it – do you think we can get that, like anywhere near that? Even, you know, okay, I won't say 50, but like the 60 to 80 range, do you think we can even get that? I mean, we are a team in the Portuguese league. We're not, you know, this isn't La Liga. I mean, it's a good league, but um, I don't know. There, there's always the, the, these repu this reputation. If it's not England or Spain, you know, we maybe don't waste that much money. But um, our team shouldn't waste that much money, I should say. Um, so, yeah, realistically, do you think we can get anywhere near that? Or Yeah, I, I actually do. Um, you know, you look at some of the players that have been bought uh, from Italy. I mean... Yeah, there's the top teams in Italy, but I mean it's a top it's a top heavy league like Portugal. I mean, if you bang in a couple goals against uh, Spal or Cagliari, you're not you know fucking fantastic. Um, so I mean, Pogba went for a hundred mil. Yeah. Um, obviously that's Pogba, uh, but I mean Bruno Fernandes is still young. Uh, I mean, it, I mean to be fair, he has put together several good seasons in a row. This season, yeah. just absolutely ridiculous um he, he's pretty much the mvp of every game he plays in um he you can you can you can see it um yeah i mean i actually do think that it's realistic for us to to get 70 mil and i mean realistically um if he's in maybe uh if he's on sevilla i think that he easily goes for goes like for 100 that. mil you know yeah maybe so uh, I definitely think that it's realistic, and I hope that we don't, uh, you know, sell ourselves short um, in that aspect. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. Um, anyways, last but not least, today we were linked with um, with um, Matias Zarache uh, from Racing Club uh, in Argentina, who just uh, won their league. Um, I'll, I'll give you some stats on him. So from twenty. Uh, from 23 games, he scored three goals and assisted three. He has three yellow cards, uh, one red card, surprisingly. He has uh, 1.5 shots per game and 88% passing success. Uh, he's won only two man of the matches this season. Um, let's see, defensive stats, 2.5 tackles per game, one interception per game. Um, I mean, he's not really a defensive player. Offense, let's see. Key passes, he has about a, one key pass per game. 1.5 dribbles per game. Um, let's see, passing. What's this one? Uh, passes per game. He, he has about 30 or 39 successful passes per game. Um, not a lot of crossing details. So, yeah, so, you know, decent stats. Um, we've been he, he has an 18 million release clause. Um, but there were talks about us buying him for 15, I think. Uh, but Atletico and uh, Lazio are also in for him. 
Um, what do you make of the young uh, winger slash attacking midfielder? Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not super familiar with him. Um, but um, I just don't see us spending that type of money on anyone this summer. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, wrestling just put together a pretty incredible um, historic season um, for uh, our in Argentina this year. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm not going to doubt that he's good. And, I mean, obviously, there's a history of players coming from from that league. And, I mean, even from that team, that's where Acuna came from. Yeah. Um, we paid, uh, you know, about, like, 12, I think. Um, for Acuna so I mean it's not it wouldn't be completely unprecedented uh, but I mean especially for that position as well um, I mean I mean I mean maybe it's possible or, or maybe we, we we send a player or something uh, but you know if 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 there's you know the Atletico Madrid in the world kind of in a bidding war uh, for this guy uh, I don't see us you know breaking the bank uh, yeah. try to get him um, but I mean, if he's going to be like our our marquee signing, like this is the guy. This is the Bruno Fernandes replacement. Um, he he's the future. Right now, we're going to splash the cash, and you know, hopefully, this investment pays off. Um, I hope that they're sure of themselves if that's the case. But that's really the only the only you know way I see that that happening. Yeah, agreed. And um, I mean, I I think I've watched about two games. I haven't. I didn't necessarily notice him. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I think it's going to come to a point where we're going to be linked with a ton of attacking midfielders because I, I think the media are just going to, um, try to link us to them because of a potential departure and, um, and maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe we are scouting him and, and we're preparing a bit for the future. Um, I mean, it, I'm just expecting a ton of attacking midfielders. Uh, to be linked with to be linked with Sporting uh, in the coming months, um, so yeah, I, I guess be prepared for that, guys. And strikers uh, as well. And strikers for sure. I mean, even even def- uh, actually maybe not so much. I I think only defenders if Kowats really does leave because I, I don't I'm not too too like certain we're gonna be able to keep Kowats. I mean, even Matu, but definitely Kowats. I, I think we're gonna look to sell him. Um, there's, there's a few players that I, that I think that are sadly going to leave this season, but I hope to be wrong. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, last topic. Um, there's, there's been some, a bit of controversy over this. Um, I think especially over our European, um, followers, I think us North American, um, you know, sports fans sort of see things differently. Um, but Chris, talk to me through, um, us changing the naming rights of Avalad to uh, potentially Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, so I've, you know, seen a lot of stuff about this. Um, I've seen some uh, foreign, uh, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo fanboys. Oh, a ton of them. Like getting, to... getting like wet over this. Yeah, like a ton of them. <laughs> it's crazy how many quotes we got. Of, yeah. Oh my God, Cristiano Ronaldo! He's gonna do this. He's gonna, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry. The 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 type of accounts where like uh, Ronaldo is the Avi and yeah, <laughs> they're only tweeting Ronaldo shit, and they probably live in like India, like those types. Yeah, of <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, 
so yeah, I mean, I think that it's also being a little bit misrepresented. Um, you know, we're not we're not changing the name to honor him. You know, I mean, it it I mean it it kind of might end up being a good fit, um, especially since I mean you touched on it a little bit. Stadiums in North America are all sponsored, yeah. Um, so it wouldn't be sponsored or wouldn't be renamed after Cristiano Ronaldo to honor him it would be a uh, a naming rights deal with the CR7 brand, which, as we know, is a massive brand. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo's, uh, his brand, um, you know, he has a clothing line. I mean, he, he's massive, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, I mean, essentially, uh, CR7 Stadium is the same thing as if we sold the rights to naming for... Superbach or NOS, and it was NOS Stadium. You know, it, it'd be the same type of thing. It just kind of seems like it would be theoretically a good fit just because he came from a sport thing. Um, he's a blonde or a winner. He's obviously one of the most decorated players in world history, and he came from here. So naturally, it seems like a good partnership. Um, I, I tweeted out that um, Union Medeta, um Obviously, not Ronaldo's club. He played for Nacional, but uh, uh, obviously a Medeta club. Um, they were sponsored by the CR7 Museum um, mm-hmm. on their shirts. Um, so, I mean, it's it's that type of, of deal. I mean, we're not just um, – I've seen it just, just very, very massively uh, misrepresented by uh, certain accounts, like changing it in honor of their hero was, was one of them. And I was like, all right, I mean, if, if Ronaldo wants to pay us, you know, 15 million euros a year to have his name on the stadium it's something you want to take a look at and it's yeah. something you want to take a look at if any company or brand wants to do that and obviously in in america and canada um and even i mean england emirates yeah, stadium true yeah. um i so, mean bayern munich is Allianz arena too yeah yeah so, so the I mean, bigger teams have sort of done this you know yeah it's, it's, not, it's, it's not, not yeah it's not an unheard of revenue stream but I think that in Portugal, it's a relatively unheard of thing. So I think that this Ronaldo CR7 thing might kind of be a good way to ease into that kind of era of new ways to generate revenue um, rather than just straight out going for it. Like this is Vodafone of arena, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, obviously the partnership makes sense as far as Ronaldo's history with the club um and his connection to the to the club uh you know starting here um so i mean as far from that perspective i kind of view it as a it's like a happy medium between generating the revenue creating a new revenue stream and kind of easing uh um this new era in you know portuguese marketing um without just going for it straight away um so yeah i mean that that's what i think about it uh, i'm definitely open to to new ways to, to generate revenue. And I mean, naming rights for a stadium, that's a massive deal. Um, I mean, if you look up naming rights for, I mean, stadiums in America, stadiums in England, stadiums in Germany, they're paying tens of millions of dollars each year. Um, so if Ronaldo wants to sign like a 80 million four four year deal, I mean, I'll take that. I mean, that's, that's good money for the club that you're just basically creating a new revenue stream that didn't exist. And now all of a sudden you got 80 mil coming in over four years, you know? So, I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, 
and I jokingly said it, but on Twitter, but I, I kind of also believe it too. Like one, it sort of feels like we sold our soul to the devil as it is. So fuck it. Right. Might as well. But, but more so than that, it, I mean, we think about sort of, uh, you can go back to West Ham, um, you know, it's the bowling ground or, or whatever it was, but people always refer to it as Upton Park. I mean, it's not like overnight we're going to stop saying I think we're, we're, we'll always keep that name between us fans. It, it, it's just more of a, like you said, it's a naming right. I mean, I grew up, uh, so here in Toronto, um, I grew up with calling um, the, where the Jays play, um, um, the Sky Dome. Now it's the Rogers Center. I think uh, where, the, where the Leafs play their hockey, um, at first, I think it was also Air Canada Center. Now it's then it turned to Rogers Center. Now it's Scotia Bank Arena or some shit like that. But at the end of the day, the Leafs won. Okay, we're we're not expecting this amount of money, but the Leafs won or got um, like a hundred million dollars for that or some shit like that. Some stupid figure like that. So I mean, especially with Sporting in the financial crisis that we're that we're in now. I mean, yes, maybe it is a a, a very North American American like. Um, thought process or, or or whatever it is but i mean fuck it we might as well I, I, again like i said we can always refer to it as the us it'll always be but i mean if cr7 wants to put his fucking brand on it and, and pay us the big bucks yeah fuck it I, I mean we might as well um because that at the end of the day we need a win and for for that uh, especially now in the modern game, we need money for that, and and there's we're not going to be able to do that with with uh, you know with with the debt that we're in. So I I'm also all for it. Uh, I'm I'm with you there. And um, and Benfica's going to do it. I know that they're going to do it because I've been I I've so seen too, yeah. I've seen rumors about it going back a couple years. Like that's yeah. going to be the Emirates the em- Stadio whatever. Emirates or whatever. Yeah. And I mean if Benfica get, I mean Benfica's already getting. Um, you know, 60 million more euros a year just because they're participating in the Champions League each year. Are we, are we really just going to let them get another 100 mil that we're just just because of, of naming? Like, like, we might as well pioneer it, um, you know? Yeah. Like, there's no reason to, to, to sit behind while our rivals innovate. I mean, we should be the innovators. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and to be fair, Sporting has almost always been the innovators, if we think about it. We were the first ones to fight for VAR, we were the first ones to really invest into our academies and, and make it one of the better best in the world. Befica is the one that then, you know, followed us in that uh, aspect. So, I mean, I'm with you there. Why not innovate? Why not be the first ones? Um, yeah, I agree. And I think Steph also agrees too. I think uh, if I remember correctly from prior podcasts, again, maybe again, it might be a North American thing. Maybe Patrick next week or whatever might come on and, and disagree with us there. So, I mean, being from the UK, he probably won't. Um, but, but I mean, you know, uh, yeah, like we said, we're, we're for it here. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to go through the modalidad, uh, this weekend and then we'll go to Twitter questions and, um, that'll be the podcast. So quickly, um, well, fucking stupid fucking stop showing up. Sorry. This stupid, stupid Spartan website keeps, something keeps showing up. Okay. Um, for the under 23s, we actually lost to Riwav 2-1. Um, we're in third place in the under 23 division. I believe we're three points off first. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, anyways, the juniors under 19 beat Alverca 3-2. The under 17s tied 2-2 to Befica. 
Um, the under-16s beat Ishtarel uh, beat, uh, 3-1 away from home. And then the under-15s beat uh, Gimenez 3-0 away from home. Um, in uh, futsal, um, the seniors beat Fundown 3-0. Uh, and um, special mention to, I believe it was Eric Mendoza. Um, first goal was an absolute banger. Um, but anyways, Spartan won three one three nothing. We're still in second place. Uh, I think a point behind Befik, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, Football Feminina, um, Spartan actually the senior team actually lost to Ver Vermoin. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that five four. Um, in a handball, um, the B team uh, beat Sama Samora Korea forty one to twenty two. In hockey, the senior team. Beat Amatori. I don't know why I'm mispronouncing these names, but Amatori 8 1. Um, volleyball, the senior team, um, an impressive 3 0 victory over Befica. Um, in volleyball, for the male team, for the female team, uh, they beat Ishpingu 3 1, and then they also beat Gimarange 3 2. Um, uh, let me see here. By the way, that's the volleyball championship. So that yeah. was ga game one. We're yeah. up one nothing in the series now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now back to uh, two games at um, uh, at Bayfica now. Yeah, thanks for actually including that. I forgot about that. Um, and then everything else is really just um, um, like uh, uh, athletics. So a lot of names to go by. Uh, let me see. I Rugby, think it was this week um, the uh, the hockey and patins team. Uh, beat um, that Italian team Lodi. Um, yeah, that's eight one, eight two, eight two, eight two. Um, so they're into the final four of the basically right. the Champions League equivalent, the European Championship for uh, hockey and patins. There will and it's be actually with three, Barca. Yeah, three yeah, Portuguese, sorry, three Portuguese teams in the final four. Yeah, um, Barca versus Porto and Sporting Porto. Benfica. End Another of one. May, so we'll be playing them in the final four of the roller hockey. Um, so that I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward Same. to the um, UEFA futsal final four, and mm -hmm. uh, now I'm really looking forward to that as well. Um, I really hope that we can kind of break our drought in the UEFA futsal cup because um, we always fucking lose in either the semi or the final, and you know we are we are playing Inter movie star, so um, tough team. Yeah. European champions in the past. They beat us um, two consecutive finals, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, we lost to Barcelona in one of the finals. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that, that's all good. That was last, last year. year. Last year we lost to them, though. Am I correct? In the final? Um, Wasn't that a, that's, that was, that's Ricardinho's team or whatever? Yeah, it is Ricardinho's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, got, we got hammered. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, maybe this is our year. Um, we're, in, we're constantly in the final four, so hopefully we can, uh, we can, uh, we can bring that one home. Uh, because that's huge, um, and yeah, now another European final four for uh, for roller hockey, hockey. and you know, well represented uh, Portugal, three out of four teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's it's safe to say we we definitely have the best league in in roller hockey with with the three teams uh, all up there. Um, definitely better than Spain. Um, and yeah, so that's all with modalities, really. Um, and off to Twitter questions that I just had here. Give me one sec. Here you go. First question comes in from um, from our boy Steph, who, as mentioned earlier in the podcast, out in Sin City with his wife. Uh, don't have too much fun, Steph. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> um, 
So he says, since we got 65 million, our sparking is back on track. Our football team and modalities are kicking ass. Uh, do you think we had a financial problem that was affecting the performance of our teams? Um, no, I, I don't. Um, I don't think that that was uh, the reason um, that we were underperforming. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't really think that that was affecting the players. I mean, you see some of these teams that get themselves into terrible financial situations and it's like, Oh, the, the player's salaries are backed up four months. Um, I mean, once you get into a situation like that, um, I think that that obviously affects the players because this is their livelihood. And if, I mean, if you're, if you just stop getting paid at work, but you had to keep going and, and giving it your all, it would be, it'd be tough. So, I mean, obviously it, never escalated to that point um so i i don't necessarily think that that was the reason for the problems um and i mean it's not like the situation was completely resolved we just had a bank loan that was due and we got another loan from some american asshole so i mean yeah. not like it's not like it's infinitely resolved it was just a, a band-aid and i don't really think yeah. that was affecting you know anyone's performance Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and last question uh, comes in from uh, our former guest, uh, Joel De Silva, uh, at Joel Leong underscore 073 on Twitter. Um, he asks, after all the BS these past weeks involving VAR, do you guys think that if they implement microphones similar to what they do in the NFL, where the ref would have to explain their decisions, uh, there would be less mistakes? Uh, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, um, that's interesting. Um, yeah. I th I mean, in the NFL, you still see horrible calls and they say oh, pass interference. And it's like if it was – I mean, them just saying it doesn't necessarily fix it. It would just be like he would just come – like Juan Pineda, for example, would come out and say, you know, we've determined it was offside. And then we'd see the replay and be like, yeah, it wasn't offside. So, I mean, them saying it wouldn't necessarily be the end-all, be-all. I think the real turning point would be is if we had access to the audio while they were looking at the decision. So the discussion in between the referee and the video ref, like, you know, what do you think about this? Like, oh, man, he definitely made contact there. Uh, was it enough? Like, it, that's the audio we need, not just the final decision audio, which the yeah. NFL doesn't have that. When the referees go under the hood um, to take a look at, you know, if the brawl broke the plane or whatever. Um, we're not hearing the audio of the decision-making process. We're just seeing, we're just hearing an explanation of what the decision that they came to. So if the decision that they came to fucking sucks, then then come them coming out and saying, this is our shitty decision doesn't really change anything. Um, but if we had that, that audio, um, or even another idea I've seen is having that VAR screen that, that what we see on the television at home in the stadium. In the, yeah. I was just on, about to bring that up on yeah. the, on the big screen so that the players can see the yeah. fans can see there's way more accountability in that situation. And I don't even think that that's like that controversial, obviously having no. access to the, to the refs conversation with the VAR, that might be more controversial, like privacy, like they have to make this decision. Like, it's between them or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I would be for that, but I think it's less controversial to just ask for what the ref's seeing 
um, on the big screen. Because if you're in the stadium and they're making a VAR decision, I mean, you're just sitting there twiddling their thumbs while this guy is looking at something that you can't see, you know? Yeah. So at home, we have the... the we have, like, little televisions up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At we, least not a lot. And they'll play, like, the Sport TV. But I'm not too sure if they'll have that in, like, those smaller stadiums. And then, of course, like, there's some people that can't get access to those, you know, based on where they're seating. Uh, they won't be able to see those replays. So it's only really a small few of fans in well, the stadium. Well, At least not a lot. I don't think that they sh- – like, basically when when you're watching the game on Sport TV, like, when they're showing the video review, that is what the ref is looking at. Mm-hmm. Like, that is – like, when you're seeing it backed up and then fast-forwarded and then changing the angle, like, that is what the referee is looking at. Yeah. Um. So if, if you had access, like they don't show that in the stadium, even even in Alvalade where we have two nice, um, you know, like TV screens. Right. Um, they don't show that. So if, if that exact camera that we get at home of the referee looking at the VAR was just on the screens, um, I think that would be huge. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, you mean, uh, Fedence doesn't have uh, a TV screen, you know, so definitely would run into the trouble in some of those stadiums. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's an available resource for you, I think that there should be as much transparency as possible. And I mean, if you're at the game, you shouldn't have a shittier viewing experience as opposed to being at home, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for your questions. Um, and we're towards the end of a podcast. Uh, so, uh, Chris, quickly take me through your preview and prediction. Um, our next game against Disputive de Javs. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll be coming up against uh, a familiar face in Augustin Asiu. And luckily, we won't be coming up against another familiar face who's having an incredible season, Mama Balde. Um, but anyways, take me through. What, what do you think the game's going to unfold to? Yeah, I mean, Avs is obviously still in the danger zone um they have um, sorry i'll tell you now they have 30 points they're in 12th um and then marita sorry nasunal who's now in the last relegation spot um after tondela's win today has 27 points so they're only really three points clear yeah yeah they've given themselves some breathing room um recently they've gotten some points um but yeah i mean that's uh i mean Theoretically, even Ryu Av with thirty-two points, yeah, is is I wouldn't consider them safe quite yet, um, which is amazing because they're they're all the way up in ninth place. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean they're they're looking for uh, I mean they'll take points in any capacity um, from this game. Uh, they would consider that a good result, um, but you know, Sporting is rolling. Um, it will be obviously more difficult to go on the road. Um, who knows the extent yet of um, uh, Borja, uh, Acuna, or Matthew, um, or even Baz Doss for that matter. Um, and, uh, you know, I do think that it, it will be a tough game. Um, but I, uh, it's tough to, to bet against Sporting right now. As, as I said in the last podcast, they're rolling. And, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take them to equal Kaiser's uh, best streak of uh, of seven straight wins um, with a uh, with a two nothing win. 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Um, Spartan, at least, is, is red hot. We're playing with confidence. Um, so it's looking good. Um, I, this season, I've been petrified to play away from home just because our away form has been terrible. But, um, I mean, we have been winning away from home as of late. Um, so, you know, it, it, we're on the up for sure. It's looking good for us. Um, yeah, I'm also going to, I'm going to go with a three, one win. Um, cause yeah, I don't, I don't see us two clean sheets in a row. There's no way we can go for a third. That's impossible. This is Spartan, not a, not a, a Jose Mourinho, Chelsea or Inter Milan squad that, you know, can, can defend a fucking clean sheet. So I'll go with a three, one win. Um, and with that, uh, unless anything else is left to be said, um, that is the end of our podcast. Uh, I think a good one between me and you, Chris. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. I I thought it was good. Yeah, good conversation. Um, Anyways, guys, make sure to to always um, follow us on Twitter. It's Spartan160 underscore EN. Um, You know, interact with us there. Um, Shout out to those in the comments today with our Aussie Tuga, Jose Costa, Johnny Sineru, um, and Lauren, I believe, was somewhere here. There she is right at the top. I don't know if she's still listening because it is late. Um, in the UK, but last time I said she wasn't, and she actually was, so please, Lauren, don't talk shit. Um, and guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, see you next time, and of course, Viva Sporting!